This is the Do Weekly Podcast, a weekly challenge podcast for small business owners. By small business owners. I'm Natalie MacLees. And I am Alex Zorthian. You're not Alex Zorthian. This isn't your ranch. Those aren't your goats. This isn't, these aren't my goats. This isn't my circus. <laughs> I think there's like some sort of like Polish proverb or something. That, not my circus. Oh, not, not my, my monkeys. monkeys. Yeah, that's what it is. Not my circus, not my monkeys. How did I throw goats in there? We saw goats today. We did see goats today. I almost got trampled by a stampede. You and me both. <laughs> it was fucking terrifying. <laughs> a stampede of goats. Well, you know what? Whenever I see a goat somewhere, you know, with horns, I'm always, like, my imagination always goes to YouTube videos that I've seen that are titled, like, Angry Goat Attacks. And if you've never seen any of those videos, maybe I'm the only one here, but I derive great enjoyment from watching little mountain goats take people down with their badass horns. There's a guy trying to ride through like some sort of mountainous jungle path, and he gets stopped by a mountain goat. The mountain goat knocks him off his bike, like fucks his bike up. There's another one that's set to Street Fighter music and sound effects. It's the best video I've ever seen. I watch it at least once or twice a day. We watch very different goat videos. Well, you that's because you watch goat say videos. No. <laughs> yeah. It's because I've seen I... your browser history. I'm kidding. It's my browser history. I watch videos of goats wearing pajamas. That's such a strange thing to watch. But it's so cute. I watch dogs having mango worms removed from them I watch before dinner. People making cupcakes. You and I inhabit very different worlds. We do. And I'm okay with that. And I watch a lot of cute animal videos. Yeah, I don't watch any of those. I watch people having hummus squeezed out of their body by Sandra Lee, the pimple popper. Why? Instead of answering why, I think we should talk about last week's challenge. (laughs) Because I think the further down the road we take that discussion, it's just going to devolve and get worse. And And the thing is, I cannot answer your questions in a manner that you would find satisfactory. Well, that's probably true. All right, then. So last week's challenge was to ask for feedback from clients, customers, contractors, or employees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you do last week's challenge? I did. So I sent out a newsletter to my clients, and I also sent out a personal email to contractors I've worked with. Mm-hmm. For each one, I said, hey, I'd love to hop on a call with you, talk about how we're doing, so for, for my clients, it was like, you know, how are we doing? You know, where are we falling short, you know, on our service, uh, on our services that we provide? Uh, are you happy with what we're doing? Specifically what? Let's jump on a call to discuss. It only needs to be like a 15-minute, 30-minute call. Uh, for my contractors, I just reached out with the people I most commonly work with. And I just sent them, like, personal emails, like, saying, hey, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about your experience working with me, what do you like, what don't you like. And I've gotten a few people who have signed up for phone calls. Uh, I had them sign up through Calendly to talk to me. And 
I, I've had a few clients reach out uh, less than I thought. Maybe I need a more personal touch in that email. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't see a problem doing a newsletter to, to do that, but I do see the value in having like an actual on the phone sort of call, video call, whatever, uh, because I, I do think that's valuable. That's what I've done did. I wonder if it might be a case where it might even be a better thing to do with a current client to peg that onto the end of a already scheduled call, like a call that you're doing already to discuss their project or something. Yeah. To just say, hey, you know, at the end of the call, could we take 10 minutes to discuss how, you know, how are things going? What's working for you? What's not? I wonder if that would be better because, you know, their time is valuable. Yeah. And I could see, like, as a small business owner myself, if I had hired somebody to do something, I wouldn't necessarily, like, jump at the chance, especially if things had all gone right. well. Right. I wouldn't really be like, oh, yeah, let's get on a call and talk about how much I adore you. <laughs> Well, here's, so here's the funny with, uh, so I had two unsubscribes for my newsletter thing that I sent out asking for people to set up appointments and I have two unsub, unsubscribes. One of them is from me. You unsubscribed from your own newsletter? <laughs> and subscribe from my own newsletter because okay. I don't want, I can't even handle my own bullshit. Uh, and then one of my other clients is like, nope, doesn't want it. So is it a current client? It's a current client. Like I'm doing maintenance for them now. Well, they're they're part of a larger team, so mm-hmm. they're not a primary point of contact. But they do submit tickets to me. All right. So I might have to reach out to this person and shame them and say, "Yo, Helena, how come uh, how come you don't want to talk to me?" Well, I, I did have one contact with with a contractor, and they did mention that they enjoy working with me. They feel it's pretty low pressure. They just, sometimes they get frustrated by a lack of uh, consistent direction. I see. So mm-hmm. that's that's something. And actually, you know what, Natalie? Come to think of it, I probably should have reached out to you because we've done some work together. We have. So you can, are you going to tell fans how much you hate working with me right now? I guess I'm not subscribed to your newsletter. Well, you're not. You're not. No, I reached out to them personally. Hmm. So I sent these out to like current clients, which I guess technically you are, but I don't have you in the system. <laughs> yeah. so. hmm. Actually, I've just been waiting for a chance to tell you what I think of you, Alex. Well, I think you would tell me that I stink. Exactly. But, you know, that that can be like another show, like where we tell Alex that he stinks. Yeah, let's start another podcast called Alex Stinks. Let's not do that. How about that? That would make me very sad. (laughs) Plus, it would be untrue. Well, thank you. That's about the sweetest thing you've said to me all day. Mm. Although, you did cook dinner, so that was pretty sweet, too. Because we're doing our little podcast retreat. Well, before we get to that... Yeah. Before we get to that, because we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what we're what we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, which might be of interest to you, uh, just you know, uh, in terms of trying to unshake or you know shake the cobwebs around your own businesses and everything. But um, but first, Natalie, did you did you do the thing? I did do the challenge. You, you did the challenge. Tell tell me about it. What you done do? I didn't do it as enthusiastically as you did, but. I took the opportunity to engage with a customer of Simply Schedule Appointments mm, mm-hmm. who 
wrote in with um, some questions about a few things and reported a bug, which actually wasn't a bug. It was a like a part of the software that Nathan and I had actually discussed and decided to go one way with it. And this customer expected it to be the other way. Okay. So I just took the opportunity to say, hey, so here's why it works that way. This is what we were thinking when we made that decision. Do you think the other way would make more sense? And also, you know, happy to hear any other feedback from you about the software. Well, this man was just a font of ideas. (laughs) Oh, boy. He was so happy to be asked for feedback. And he sent me so many ideas. I just don't know what to do with them at all. But it was really helpful. And he, you know, as somebody who was just off on his own and had to figure out how to install the software and get it set up and use it and the things that he was expecting to see that were different from what he actually saw and things like that. That's all really valuable feedback Yeah, for how we might change around the user experience and things like that. So it was really helpful. Nice. It, did you get any other useful feedback or anything that, you know, maybe eh, not, not as useful or anything that you think maybe you could try that you that you just haven't had a chance to try yet? Um, so several of the things that he suggested were things that are already on our roadmap. Okay. Um, features that we're already planning to build. So that, that was good because that's validation that we're on the right path. We're on the right track. Yeah. He did ask for a couple things that I honestly hadn't even thought about. Um, okay. that we'd put on the roadmap. Uh, some things were super easy, so they've already been released. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot of helpful things that he sent our way. Okay. Well, that, that's that's awesome. That's precisely what you want. Uh-huh. And, I mean, that's a great way to show how people are engaged, you know, with what you do. And what do you think the perceived impression is? Like, what do you think the impression is by this by this customer who, who you pulled or tagged for some information. Like, how do you think they might feel about that experience? Well, he seemed to be very excited to be asked what he thought and to have input into the product that he did see so quickly turn around. We actually have done two releases with some of his ideas yeah. in them now. And I think to see that turned around to him so quickly, I think was really helpful and actually kind of exciting for him. And I think he was very flattered that we took his you know feedback so seriously and he seemed really happy to that he was able to have influence over the product. Yeah. I think I think that's fantastic. I mean, is this something that you envision doing on a regular basis like integrating it as part of your your process or like I guess if you were to Oh, boy. You see, I always do this. Like I, I think of these <laughs> questions and then they just start to avalanche as I as I uh-huh. formulate them, but um, just as part of like a customer retention strategy, do you think that this is something that you would do on a regular basis or is this something that perhaps you would automate after a few months? So would you do it? How would you do it? Or would you not do it? And why? Lots of shit. There you go. That was a lot of questions. That was. Yes, I will continue doing it on a regular basis. I think especially because we're in such early stages with that um, plugin and we have so many more features to build out hearing back from people about the features that they really want and the things that they expect to be there that aren't 
is helping us to kind of reprioritize our list of things to do. Yeah. And to get the features that people really want out first, um, which is, you know, different from the plan that we had at the outset six months ago (laughs) when we started building out features. But as long as it's keeping people happy, then I'm really glad to do it. And especially when it's so early on and it's pretty easy to just say, oh, well, okay, I'm going to build this instead of the thing I thought. Yeah. Um, A little, you know, later on when it's more final, it's a little bit tougher to go back and maybe, you know, rewrite a whole section of code to change a feature. But in the early parts where you don't have all the features built yet, it's a lot easier to make those changes to accommodate. But yeah, it's something that we'll ask for all along the way, I think. Nice. Okay. No, I, I, I like that. I mean, because the thing is, is like with, depending on, on where you're asking for feedback, that, that feedback has very different potentials for, for utility, for, for being useful. So I think from selling a product, it can help you validate your roadmap. Uh-huh. You know, uh, because you might care about different things from what your customer base does. And in fact, you you implemented something, right, recently? It'll be released on Tuesday. It'll be released on Tuesday with, with the uh, with A the whole style. new feature, yeah, yeah. A whole new feature. And that came when, like, you received a certain amount of support requests, uh-huh. right? How many again? About a dozen at this point. And how many of those were for the feature that you're releasing? Eight or nine. Eight or nine, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting how that feedback can really inform the improvement of a, of a product. I mean, not interesting, but it's just if you don't listen to your customers, you know, how are you going to make it better? So Yeah, and that was a feature that we had planned, but we thought it wasn't that important and we were going to do it way later. But it turns out nearly everyone using the software wants it now. So yeah. we built it now. Yeah, I think that's smart. Can we consider this sort of thing quashed? We can. Did we? Did Are we you going to be this? violent again and say we punched it in the neck or something? Yeah, we punched it right in the right in the chonies. Oh my! Right in the. We're underwear. getting increasingly violent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we done did a fine job, and I would like to see us do a fine job again with our next challenge. What is the next challenge? Well, we're not going to talk about that yet because. We're not? Nope. You want to know why? Why? Because we're going to talk about what the heck we're doing at a place called the Zorthian Ranch. In Altadena. In Altadena. So so how long have we been doing this podcast here? About six months. About six months. And... This is episode 25. This is episode 25. So we've done a thing... Our quarter century anniversary. <laughs> that is not accurate. <laughs> but um, I still feel the same way now after six months... As when we got started. When you brought this idea up, you were like, hey, we should do this thing. I thought then I was like, yeah, that is a great effing idea. Thank you. Actually, that's not true. I said, Natalie, that's a great fucking idea. Yeah, we got the explicit tag. You might as well use it. Yeah, it, it's there. It's never going away. <laughs> so I thought it was a great idea then. I still think it's a great idea now. With the challenges that we have from running our own business and being strategic with it and the things that we manage outside of our work lives too, it can be problematic to stay on course, to stay on target. I had a thought, hey, maybe we should take a weekend to dedicate to the podcast and get more strategic with it, kind of lay down a plan, like a foundation of 
here's what we're going to do to try to level this up, get it to where we're trying to get it, where we're trying to grow it. You had a pretty awesome idea for where we were going to do this. Because <laughs> originally, I, I was just like, Natalie, I'm going to come over to your place, and we're going to hash this thing yeah, out. Yeah, we were just going to spend a day. And then, uh, and then it kind of morphed, didn't it? It morphed into this crazy, eclectic ranch. So for, it, it's probably equidistant from, from each of us. Like, it, uh-huh. it's... It's not far. It's maybe like a 15-minute drive for each of us to get from our home to this place. Yeah. And so it's this old ranch. It's very eclectic. There's all sorts of stuff here. There's like severed heads from mannequins. (laughs) There's like an old truck. Yeah. There is... mosaics. There Mosaics. Made of all kinds of There is a fighter jet cockpit window out there. <laughs> How the fuck did it get here? That's what I want to know. Um, all kinds of art, all kinds of paintings. And, and goats. They, it looks like it was a bicycle tire or something. That piece Yeah, over there. and in what I think is a really cruel joke, they have a stack of CDs, but no CD player. Yeah, we were so excited to play yeah. some of these CDs. Yeah, so I feel like this is kind of the embodiment of Alanis Morissette's ironic tune. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, whatever with that. So, so anyway, so we're, we're taking time specifically to dedicate to this. So for, for you, dear listeners, whoever's still listening to us at episode 25, um, maybe do the same thing. You don't have to do it for a whole weekend, but you know, maybe pick a day or a half a day that you can just dedicate just to the business. To the not being in the trenches working on it, but being up at the 10,000 or the 50,000 foot view. Yeah, be the be the general. Because we're always the foot soldier, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's all sorts of platitudes that, that can fit in here. But, yeah, be the general. Like, be, be the person at the top calling shots, laying the foundation, because you're a foot soldier all the other days of the week. Or if you, I mean, there, there's a lot of thoughts that go there, but I'm just going to say that's an optional bonus challenge for the week. Find some time that you can set aside on a regular basis to be strategic. Yeah. Strategic, tactical. Strategic, tactical. Tactical. Easy for you to say. Yeah. You, you can just edit all of that out. Actually, don't edit it out. Editor, editor. Okay, you know what? I had a little bit too much to drink. Didn't you have like one beer? I did, just one. Like an hour ago. <laughs> I'm a cheap date. I guess so. <laughs> Find me on Tinder. Uh, okay. All right. So on to this week's challenge. On to this week's challenge, Natalie. What, what did we? What did we say? We said that this week's challenge was to give. Paid advertising a try. Give paid advertising a try. That's what we said. So uh, paid advertising, it's kind of a big deal. (laughs) It's it's, uh, the whole reason social media exists. It is. It is. We're on social media. We're being sold to in every possible conceivable way in ways that we didn't expect it's changing our lives in all sorts of ways. Also, it has the capacity or it has the capability of helping us jumpstart our businesses. 
to find new customers quickly, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the work that we do to market our businesses, the results don't happen overnight in terms of creating content for your website or creating a marketing strategy and deliverables on that. If you hit every goal, you hit everything, it can still take a long time for that work to pay dividends. With advertising, you you get a more immediate return on that investment, mm-hmm. or at least you, you give yourself actual data that you can use to, to tweak these campaigns to to generate more revenue for your business. Uh-huh. So that's that's a little bit about what we're talking about here. And when we say paid advertising, we're being pretty general about that. And we're counting Google ads, Facebook ads, Twitter ads, mm-hmm. Instagram ads, even LinkedIn ads, although I found them to be a little pricey. Yeah, so I've never done I've never done Twitter ads, but for for the challenge, we're just saying pick a platform, just one and do an ad there. Any of these ads has really uh, solid, easy-to-use resources to get up and running, and we'll, we'll include links to each of the ones that we're talking about here. Like, we're not going to go into depth on each of these, but basically, you can run ads on Facebook, Twitter, Google... Instagram. And Instagram. Uh-huh. And also LinkedIn, but I don't think we're going to... I mean, I, yeah, my guess is that LinkedIn ads are mostly for people, for big companies advertising open job positions. And yeah. that's why they're so pricey. That's the best that I can guess. Yeah. I think with the other, with the other ones that we mentioned, I mean, those are, those are proven platforms that, uh-huh. that do well. And hopefully you have set up social media accounts on those sites. That was one of our earlier challenges, one of our earliest challenges yeah. in our, one of our first episodes. Um, was to get your social media profiles set up and all updated if you already had them. Yeah. So if you've done that, then you know which platform you're already getting the most engagement on, and I would recommend going with that one. Yeah, and it, absolutely right. And if you're if you did a good job, you hooked up Google Analytics, all that stuff to maybe analyze some of that traffic coming in, looking at your behavior and your your referrals and, and what have you, you can get some information there that can help you. Okay, well, most of my traffic is coming from not social media. It's just coming organically. Then, you, you know, like Google ads would be a great choice yeah, for that, that potentially. Yeah, that would probably be a big boost. Yeah. You know, I think for myself, I'm going to run, I'm just going to run some Google ads. The thing that that I worry about is, you know, since I have a service-based business, I don't want my ads to be seen by other people who do similar types of work. Like, Natalie, yeah. I don't want you to see my ads, right? So That makes sense. So, I, you know, like with any of these ad platforms, we have to kind of pick what our, or who our audience is. Yeah, and they often give you tools to get a way more granular with that than you yeah. might expect. Right. Well, and, you know, with, with the Facebook ads, the thing that's exciting to me is that you really can drill down. It's not just small business owners, right? Because you're a small business owner, but you're not going to hire me to do business. I mean, because you do the same thing that I do. Right. So you're not going to hire me. So your target audience is. Yeah. My, my target audience are business owners. They have a website. They maybe have WordPress. Maybe they don't know that they have WordPress. Um, but, you know, like I'm targeting specific people who own businesses. They have a website. Maybe they have interests or behaviors that indicate that 
there's certain things about WordPress that they like. Anyway, but that's kind of the trick because, again, I'm not trying to attract my competition. You know, I'm trying to... So, you, you know, it's like, how do we, how do we do that? And, you know, like there's, there's been campaigns that I've run on Facebook that have done well, but I find that with like, with any campaign that, or with any ad service that allows you to do retargeting, uh-huh. one of the things that I found that does well is, is if you create like a campaign based around like creating awareness, just Creating awareness like, hey, this is what we do, da 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 here we are, and maybe provide something of value in that initial uh, in that initial ad is the call to action. Like you're not collecting email addresses or anything, but you're just trying to share something valuable with the hopes that people kind of know who you are. And then beyond that, then create a retargeting campaign that targets people who have visited your site more than once, Uh right? And then start retargeting them at that point because, you know, if they're visiting you multiple times, there's a a greater chance that there's something that you have that they're curious about or that they want. Do you want to explain what retargeting is? Well, uh, retargeting is that creepy thing when you (laughs) go on a website, you're like, oh, hey, Here's a website about jackets, and you're like, oh, here's a jacket that I like. Should I buy it? <laughs> Shouldn't I buy it? And then you're like, eh, you know, fuck this. And then you go on your, with your day, and then you go to Facebook, and you're laughing at silly cat videos, and then all of a sudden you notice that jacket you were looking for shows up as an ad in Facebook. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, that jacket's $200 less than what I wanted to pay for it. Then when I saw it, you're like, that's $99 I got in my pocket right now, so I better go buy that damn jacket. And you know what? I bought that jacket. So I got retargeted as F, and it yeah. worked a treat. <laughs> so so essentially... It happened to me with an area rug. Oh? That rug followed me around the internet for a month. So you visited one website with this area rug, and you kept on seeing it in ads. For a month. I saw it on, I think, almost every website I looked at for a month. You know... <laughs> it was a really aggressive campaign. So I have a, I have a client, jacketsociety.com. They're, they're super awesome. They, they make great products and everything. But I'm always followed by these... <laughs> by these pant or by by these chino women's chinos and blazers that I cannot fit in, and they fall. Yeah. I see them everywhere. It's just hilarious because you know you, you go on your clients' sites and you do stuff, and so you <laughs> you get retargeted and everything. So it's just interesting to see what they're trying to sell me yeah. that I have bought I, over and over again. Retargeting works because you're more likely to make a purchase if you've seen an ad multiple times. Yeah. They know you're interested in it because you came to their website and you looked at it. And so they're just yeah. going to show it to you over and over again. But you can also do that for your business. You don't have to be as creepy and aggressive as some of the sites are with that. Yeah. Um, you could definitely tone it down a little bit. Well, yeah. And I, and I, think, I, I think the retargeting is part of... My, my personal feeling, just to reiterate, in that retargeting campaign has a goal of conversions, like uh-huh. converting somebody, and the awareness campaign is just to get your name out there. 
But I think those two things combined can be very powerful. That That's what I would initially advise. You don't have to do that, but that's what I've done before and it's worked decently. Yeah. You know, I was listening to a Facebook talk and they, they had some sort of crazy statistic about advertising, about remarketing. And it's to the same tune. Like they, they had some sort of crazy figure, like I think it, like 30 to 40% more likely to buy. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty impressive. So it's, I mean, it, it just blows my mind and you just have to do it, right? Like the thing is, is you don't need a huge budget to create an ad campaign. No, you definitely don't. But Natalie, so we're, we're talking a lot about Facebook, but one of the things that you mentioned to me that I was kind of surprised by is that you've had a lot of success with Twitter ads mm-hmm. and you don't have a huge budget for that, right? Like, no. <laughs> so, so why don't you, why don't you tell our listeners about your experience with Twitter ads and like your budget, like something that would help Jane business owner or Joe user business owner, like help them who have no concept of this stuff get up and running. Yeah. So, uh, for draw attention product that I built with Nathan, we run two different kinds of Twitter campaigns. One is when we have a customer send us, you know, a sample of something they've set up and it looks pretty impressive. We'll make a little animated video of it. Um, tweet it, but then we promote the tweet. So we pay for that. Um, And and promoting the tweet does what? It puts it in front of more people. And you can do that on Facebook. Is that right? Or Instagram? Yeah, you can do that on any platform, I think. Yeah. And that doesn't really take into account audiences, right? Like just boosting? Uh, No. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a a more broad broadcasting. It's more broad, yeah. yeah. So... So that's the one thing to note is, you know, there's advertising and then there's promoting. Uh-huh. And they're two very, very different things. And, you know, they, they can accomplish a lot doing them. Anyway, just wanted to make that clarification. But yeah. keep, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So we'll have the little animated video of the, you know, image with its animated spots yeah. uh, up on Twitter. And that gets a, like a pretty good... Uh, a lot of people will like it. A lot of people will come and purchase the plugin because they want to be able to do, you know, something on their website. It's kind of a hard plugin to explain. So I think being able to see it in action yeah. is what really helps to sell it. Yeah. And then the other thing that we do on Twitter is Twitter has available a very affordable campaign to get more followers. Yeah. And you only have to pay when somebody actually follows your account and it's something like 10 cents. <laughs> per follower? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. You know, we get, I don't know, maybe like 10 a week through. So we're spending a dollar to get 10 new followers every week. But the advantage of that is now every tweet that we send out is going out to 10 new people every yeah. week. You know, our audience is just growing and growing and growing. And that's totally worth 10 cents. Yeah. So it's a very affordable campaign to run, and it's just a good way to kind of build your own audience, get more people following your account, and then they're going to see all of your tweets and messages. Yeah, that's really smart. Yeah, it's been really helpful. The other thing I was going to mention just about Facebook ads is they did recently roll out a feature where you can split test two 
different sets of ad copy mm -hmm. or two different audiences. Like you have to choose, right? You do like, two different photos. Yeah. Same so that, copy, like, two that, different that, that, photos. So copy and creative, like copy and imagery, the, those kind of fall under the creative. Mm -hmm. So if, if you go into creative, you can have two different sets of photos and copy. Uh, and, and just test and that. And see which one does better. Yeah. So uh, at the SPDC, I was talking to a person today. Who, she has like a little dessert and ice cream shop. And she wanted to talk about ads. So we talked about ads. We talked about ad strategy specifically. How do I know these ads are going to work? And I said, well, you don't. But at least you can split test. So you can throw $200 at this campaign. $100 each one. How do they perform going head to head? So that sort of thing, I think, is like that's that's the general idea. Like your first campaigns yeah. might not be super great because you're trying to get as much information as you can in order to create like a solid campaign that really impacts your business. And to find the right platform to run it on and find the right audience to yeah. target in the ads. There's a lot of different variables that go into it, but the good news is that you can run a campaign very affordably on those platforms. I mean, yeah. you could run a campaign for a day or two for $10 yeah. and kind of see, you know, did you get any engagement? And if you do like go ahead and throw more money at it, it can be really affordable compared to other forms of advertising, which yeah. are often, you know, hundreds of dollars at a minimum to get started, if not thousands. Yeah. And, and that makes that that makes perfect sense too. So a lot has been written by different folks as far as like different hacks to make as far as online ads go. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would recommend any hacks. I, I think the tools that are there give you enough information to create a compelling ad campaign. Mm -hmm. And also that data can help you further iterate that campaign into something that's compact, has a better chance of converting users and, and what have you. So I, I don't know if that makes sense or not. And I think as a small business owner, you probably have a pretty good sense of who your audience is, yeah, who your potential customers are, and what you could say to them to convince them to do business with you. Yeah, totally. So I like that. I think that's a good idea. Okay, well, that's what we're going to tackle this week. What we're tackling is you, dear listener, and us. <laughs> we together must set out to create an ad. Yep, write a little ad campaign. Write a little ad campaign. We'll include resources for setting up ad campaigns with the different services, uh -huh. with the different social media services that we're recommending. I think that's all I have unless you want to tell people how they can find us on the on the web. Well, a great place to get started is our website, doweeklypodcast.com. You can find all of our past episodes, show notes for every episode, mm -hmm. and links to follow us wherever you would like to subscribe to our podcast, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and anywhere else that you get the very best podcast in the whole wide world to listen to. Or the very worst. The very best. Fine. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Do Weekly Podcast. For the Do Weekly Podcast, I'm Alejandro Paco de Peter Vasquez. And I'm Natalie Macleis. And we're reminding you to keep it doable, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.
I'm just Alex Vasquez, and I'm a goblin. A goblin? Yes. Why are you a goblin? <sighs> a hobgoblin? Sure. Consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. You just made that up right now. No, I didn't. It's a Ralph Emerson quote. Why do you know this stuff? It's like you're super smart or something. I adore Ralph Emerson.